So, where did February go? Or, more accurately, where did I go in February? It was kind of a big deal. So, if you're curious, here's your show. Episode 271, San Antonio Reflections. This is the Ericast for the week of March 13, 2016. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right, welcome back, or welcome to, but probably welcome back to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, the same listener feedback line that it's been for 11 years now, because the Ericast debuted in March of 2005. Wow. Um, and fair warning that I'm still tweaking the audio settings after the great computer re-imaging of 2015. So if this sounds a little bit off or wrong, I'm sorry, just something's not quite balanced right. All the equipment's the same, but it's amazing how some little slider someplace is probably not quite right. But anyway, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for putting up with me. I'm your host, Eric. The Eric of the Ericast. And the Ericast, in case you didn't know, is what uh, we, the majestic we, call a personal podcast. The we is really just me, Eric Larson of the Ericast. Um, and the purpose here is either, or you're here, I suppose. The purpose is just for me to do a podcast, I guess. You're here either because you know me and you're kind of curious about what's going on in my life, or you picked up a particular topic that you want to learn more about. Uh, it's been about like five or six weeks, so this is basically the weekly podcast that comes out once a month if we're lucky. Got to fix that. Um, but uh, podcasting is is kind of hard work. I mean, it's not rocket surgery as they say, but uh, there there's a there's some effort to sitting down and figuring all this out. And I just don't get around to it. I get busy, and it always used to be on a Sunday night schedule. And right now, it's like we have we just hit daylight saving time. So it's actually kind of nice that just got in from a, a walk. The weather's not too bad. Um, still feels like I've got some time left in the evening. So maybe maybe that'll do that. But I wanted to catch you up on sort of the the big thing, the, the big thing of 2016, which I knew about last fall. So it was sort of kind of the big thing on the horizon, which became the big thing that I was doing that is now the big thing in the past. So I'm kind of catching catching my my breath from that metaphorically, because it was weeks ago. So if I were still out of breath, that would indicate lung capacity problems. Um, I was at a conference in San Antonio. Yeah, so let's talk a bit about that. Um, this was the ELI conference. I think I mentioned it as something that was coming up in the last podcast, because I think part of my thinking was I needed to get the last podcast out. So if anybody said, wow, this Eric Larson guy is so cool. Let me find out about him. Oh, he has a podcast. I didn't want the podcast to be weeks and weeks out of date. So I think in podcast time, it might be like, you know, Eric, why are you talking about this? Because you, you just talked about it. But in, in actual calendar time, it's been several weeks. So forgive me if this is redundant. Um, there's a big consortium called Educause. Uh, it's the higher ed technology thing, technical term. Um, and ELI, the Educause Learning Institute, is a an offshoot of that. So the main conference is like, you know, 6,000 people, and this conference is like 600 people. So it's still really big, but it's a much more comfortable size conference. 
and in fact, um, Joanne, the voice of uh, the voice of the Ericast intro, you've got Matt and Joanne, uh, had said years back, "Oh, Eric, you would really like ELI as a conference. Educause is fine, but you know, for you, you would really prefer ELI." Well, now I know what she meant because I really enjoyed ELI. But anyway, how did I end up going to ELI? Well, we put in a proposal under our new CIO who said, hey, you guys should propose some stuff and, and you did this cool thing. You should be proud to talk about it. So we, we put in a proposal to talk about this online doctoral program um, that that I and a couple of colleagues worked with our School of Social Work to, to build. Now, our institution had uh, partnered with a, a third-party company, kind of one that, that would commercially work with you to build and market online courses. And in return, they took a big portion of the profit. This school, their program wasn't exactly a fit. And we said, well, we can help with that. Really? Yeah, we can do that. And we did. And it was really successful. Uh, they're, they're up and running and they've, they've got, you know, the, they've got plenty of enrollment, etc. So we thought, let's do a proposal to, to talk about how we, we launched Launch that. How, how that got built. You know, how do you put something like this together? Um, and what was really interesting is the proposal for the talk, like a forty-minute talk, was not approved. And there were two basic concerns about it. Half the people said, "You know, there's no point in doing a, a session like this. I mean, there's there, there's no market for this kind of." kind of teaching because everyone is already doing it. I mean, it's super common. This is old hat. It's not a big deal to talk about it. Okay, fair enough. The other half of the people said, you know, there's really no market to talk about something like this because it's so unusual and, and uncommon. And it's No one's doing this kind of thing. So does anyone really want to talk about it? Hmm. That alone struck me as really interesting. And I suspect it struck the programming committee as pretty interesting because they said, well, tell you what, instead of the 40-minute session or whatever, let's do this as what's called a poster session. If you're not familiar with conferences, uh, you literally have a, a poster that you stand next to during some break, some stretch of time. It's like a 45-minute window, and there's a hallway full of posters, and, and you're there. And if people are interested in talking to you about what you're doing, they come up to you and you you talk with them and you have one visual aid. It's a poster. You can have handouts and things. So they said, let's do it as a poster session, which was a great answer and a great compromise. It turned out fine. But here was the problem in planning for this. I said, okay, look, this is great. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I, uh, fine. But I really don't want to abandon my family in February in Minnesota because if you don't know about Minnesota, that's a really snowy month. So if it turns out that they get some big snowstorm or something, you know, now that Ruth is teaching, she really does have to kind of like, you know, get the minivan out of the garage and get to school on time. You can't just tell the students, sorry, I showed up late and you sat alone in the classroom for a while. That just doesn't work. And this could be really, really awkward. And the general response was very nice and polite. It's like, okay, Eric, chances of that actually happening are, are are you know in that particular you know, couple days are pretty slim, and besides they'll be fine. Well, of course, I left for San Antonio on I think it was like Tuesday the second, um, and the snow started that afternoon, 
And by Wednesday, I guess it was, I think even, even later on Tuesday, um, yeah, we got like 10 inches of snow. Um, so yes, Ruth got to use the snowblower and she did just fine. Worked it with no problem, managed not to chop any fingers off, clearing the snow out of the chute or anything like that. She, she did great. It worked out really well. Um, but it was kind of funny. It's like the, the one concern I had about, about leaving the wife and kids home alone, um, while I was suffering in 60 some degree weather in February in, in San Antonio, um, kind of, kind of came true, but it worked out fine. Um, I am not, a, I'm not a big travel person. I, um, it was fine, but it's not something I enjoy. I can do it because I'm a grown-up, but I don't, you know, I, messing with airports and worrying about whether you're going to make your connection or not, and yeah, it, was, it was fine, but um, I, it's not, that that part I was not, I was not looking forward to. The waking up at 3.30 in the morning, parking at the airport, um, and eventually, despite a, a really creative route through downtown that our airport shuttle driver took us to, um, I made it to the, the opening meet and greet session with about five minutes to spare. <laughs> Grab your bag, toss it, toss it there next to the, the chair and, and off you go. Um, at, I think it was noon was that session. It was either 11 or noon. That was just, you know, the first day. But the thing is, a lot of you who are listening, because I, there are at least two of you listening, so maybe not, maybe not Chad or Matt. If any of the rest of you are listening, do give a call and let me know that you're out there. Um, cause I kind of like to know who my audience is, be super cool. But let's pretend that there's a broader audience of you out there. Um, and a lot of you probably do, you know, travel for a living. It's, you know, part of a sales job or something. And so this is, this is routine for you, uh, but not for me. So anyway, um, San Antonio, uh, the the conference uh, was was great. Um, some interesting topics we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the city. Now, people talked about the Riverwalk at San Antonio. Oh, you've got to go to the Riverwalk. And I thought, um, fine, I will. But, you know, what's the big deal? Because in Minnesota, we have rivers. Yeah, we we. We have that. We can do that. Right? Really? Really? Um, well, now I understand. The river walk is stunningly beautiful. Um, the river's there and it's fine. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's clean and nice when we don't go swimming in it, but it doesn't smell or anything. It's a nice, it's a nice river. Uh, which, again, depending on what rivers you know, not, not all rivers, you know, especially ones that are flowing through a city, um, would necessarily, you know, fit that category, but this one certainly does. And it's down below street level, uh, you know, 15 feet or so. Um, and then on both sides, there are, there are these paved walkways that have a variety of, you know, different stones and pavers and, you know, sidewalks and things. Um, and then there are mostly restaurants, a few stores, you know, little shops and things that just open right out onto the Riverwalk. So, uh, it was, it wasn't that crowded. There were enough people around that it felt sort of, you know, alive, um, but not super crowded, uh, but not like isolated and desolate. Uh, the temperature was warm enough 
that, you know, people are out and around, um, but they had, you know, the patio heaters, those, like those mushroom style ones, a little spinny, you know, tornado flame thing. So that was kind of pretty at night. Um, yeah, it's just, just a really fun environment to just go out and walk down to, you know, whatever. Um, had, had a couple nights there, you know, to, to go down to a restaurant or whatever and, um, eat with colleagues. So that was great. That environment was really nice. And the conference, uh, was good, inspiring, etc. There were a couple key themes, uh, that I was picking out. Uh, people are still talking about, um, OER, Open Educational Resources. The idea being that, uh, for textbooks and, and, and some, you know, your, your, your reference material, uh, think like textbooks, that instead of a, copyrighted private one from a big textbook publisher, you just have this open stuff that's released under a Creative Commons license, and if you don't like the way Chapter 3 discusses mitosis and the biology material, you just change it. And write it, clarify it, or whatever. And then you can, you know, re- re-release that out in the, the public, and, you know, kind of like a Wikipedia for 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 college texts. But the, the thing that I liked about that in particular is, is just sort of the attitude of, um, you know, rather than being really closed off and proprietary and, um, you know, I hear that, uh, you know, the, the, the old cliche of circled wagons has, has inappropriate, uh, um, negative connotations from a, from a cultural standpoint, but, I'm going to use it with apologies because it's it's um, it evokes such an image of this um, this this protective sort of demeanor. You know, we've got ours. Let's let's guard it um, and keep everybody else out. I don't think that works anymore. I don't think trying to to um, you know copyright your stuff and 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 fend off the invaders. I just I don't think that's a good higher ed approach. It may not be a good approach in general, but certainly not in higher ed. Um, I really do think the notion of uh, here's 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 the material and let's be open and let's share. I think that works. Uh, we talked about it with um, MIT and their open courseware uh, initiative where they released their materials and people said how can they do that? And the general approach was well. Look, an MIT education is not simply reading texts and syllabi from MIT professors. So if you want that material, that's great. And you'll either use it and do something good with it, or if you if you see it, you might think, wow, that's really nice. I'm going to go to MIT. Right? So there's, there's really not not a, a, a risk to, you know, to, you know, your tuition dollars by, by doing this as a, as a, as a university. And that's the argument. I hope, I, I don't know, we'll see. They're still talking a lot about it. It was part of the Horizon Report last year and is now um, uh, still around this year because people are still talking about that. The other one is people are still talking about um, analytics and um, and personalized education and adaptive learning and all these things that are still kind of at the the buzzwordy sort of level, and I'm not sure where it's going to go. It's it hits a, a real passion of mine, um, and I'm less focused on 
uh, the student analytics than I am of the um, the teacher, instructor, institution analytics. To say uh, there, there are plenty of reason to be like, let's help the students and let's find out. Okay, uh, you know, how can can we make sure that Jordan is properly engaged in this biology class and knows the material and 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 you know where might there be struggles? That's good, um, but. I'm really curious about you know, how can we make sure that that Dr. Smith is uh, doing okay teaching biology, and where might there be struggles? Where might uh, there be disconnects? In you know, uh, why are you using this tool rather than that when uh, everything indicated that you wanted to do this kind of thing, but it seems like you're not not using that that lines up with it? Uh, are you having a problem with it? Do you need some more training? Does it not work? And, and no one's told us that it's actually broken. Um, is it, does it not match up the way we think it does? That sort of interests me. So that whole data analytics thing, which is hard because I'm running into a few people that are scared by the entire concept as, as we, as we do more reporting, uh, and have the opportunity to look at the data we have, then there's among some, not everybody, but but some folks have this reaction of, oh my goodness, you know, we need to inform the students, we need to allow them to opt out, etc. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't want to promote ignorance. I get that, but this data is everywhere. I mean, you, you don't want to say, oh, we can't use that system. Let's just have them use Facebook. Well, Facebook is gathering far more data than we would be with some little system somewhere, um, and it's being used in. T- far more invasive ways. So it's it's not like we can just stick our heads in the sand and say, oh, let's let's just not deal with data. The data's there. Uh, let's figure out a, a healthy way to use it for, for good and not for evil. So um so that's it. That's that was uh that was February, early February, but then you come back and you have to kind of catch up on all the other other stuff that, that kind of that, that, a week out of your life there, you know, I, those of you that do this for a living, I, I admire you because that, that took something out of me. But sort of back in the groove, not exactly sure when I'll get another podcast out. I've, I've got the ideas listed. They're in a file here. I know what I want to do. Uh, just need to actually get around to doing it. But I love it. Even if you weren't there listening. I, I don't know if, I mean, if, if no one were there, I suppose. But, um, but. It's not just for you as the listener, but I really, I really enjoy having a, having a chance to kind of process through things. So, um, thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, if you've got any thoughts, comments, questions, etc., would love to hear from you. You know the number 206-339-ERIC, conveniently spelling out 206-339-3742. So I guess the spelling is the ERIC part and then the 3742 is the numeric part, but you'll figure it out. 206-339-3742. Give that a call. Leave a message. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com. So empty inside. I guess I'm far. Far from home is all about living in a suitcase, traveling all around the world. And I mean, I love what I do, and you know, living at the hotels 300 days a year. 
it's fun and you meet a lot of people, but sometimes you just want to go home. Um, that's what that song is all about. Far from home, well, that's what it's all about.